when you get really specific about the one thing you do and you've streamlined and productized your service, sometimes client meetings just aren't necessary. Sometimes even one-to-one -one services aren't either. But how can you keep that high touch, high value feeling and still be ruthlessly streamlined behind the scenes? I'm Susan Bowles and you're listening to Break the Ceiling, the show where we break down unconventional strategies you can use to save time, boost your profit, and increase your operational capacity. This month, we've been talking about alternative ways to work with your clients by crafting services that specifically opt out of the standard client meetings. Options like transitioning your services into work retreats or intensives, using unique communication tools like Voxer to speed up progress with clients, or creating a retainer service model that doesn't assume calls automatically have inherent value. So if you missed the last few episodes, go give them a listen. Today, we're talking about an evolution that moves almost completely away from client meetings altogether. My guest, Greg Hickman, is the founder and CEO of System.ly. Over the last four years, Greg and his team have transformed System.ly from marketing automation consultancy into one of the top coaching and training companies for service providers. He realized that the systems he developed behind the scenes to streamline and productize his own service were actually much more valuable if he transformed them into a system that he could actually train his clients on. So instead of doing the work for his clients, he moved into a model where he teaches them how to do the service for themselves, a done with you kind of service. Basically, he realized it's better for his clients if he teaches them to fish instead of doing the fishing for them. So when you have a very clear and consistent way that you deliver your services, like Greg does, you can actually turn the client delivery process into a product in itself. That allows you to also standardize the communication around delivering that process. And once the communication is standardized, so you're communicating the same things at the same point in the process to every client, you're actually better off using pretty much any communication method other than a meeting. Meetings are never standardized. They change based on who's in them. So if you know what you want to say and when you want to say it, you're really better served skipping the meeting and picking something else. A templated email, an intro video series, or maybe even a whole email drip campaign to take the client along the journey. Because then every client gets the same high quality information. No balls get dropped and you don't forget to mention that one piece of information. So by turning your client delivery process into a product itself, you can just skip the meeting altogether. And that's what my guest today has done. Greg created a productized service that has an element of support built in. He and I talk about how this system evolved from focusing on streamlining his own processes and how he moved from one-to-one -one meetings and project-based software implementation to a group delivery method that still feels high touch and offers a ton of support. So talk to me a little bit about your kind of unique approach to working with clients. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, you can call, I feel like everyone has different names for it, but I look at it as a leveraged program. Um, we call it the hybrid agency, and it's a combination of coaching and consulting done for you and training. Kind of, the, I, I believe, the best of all of the worlds that, that exist. Um, and so 
through kind of a choreographed experience, we work with our clients through different phases of, you know, growing their business. And depending upon what they're actually working on, they're getting access to us and, and moving forward based on one of those three, really three vehicles, consulting, coaching, the, the training, and then the implementation done for you stuff. So uh, done with you is really what it is. And it's been working really well for us. And, you know, I'm sure we'll talk about it, but we used to be like a full service done for you agency where everything was custom. And, you know, we got to this through multiple iterations. We didn't start this way. And there were definitely variations as we evolved into this. So we can dive into that if, if you'd like, but that's how I look at it. So talk to me about how you are either meeting with clients or not meeting with clients throughout um, those services. Yeah. You know, where, where do you meet in person and how is that kind of worked in? Yep. Um, depending upon the program um, that they're in, we have two kind of two core programs um, in one of them, they're weekly group calls. Um, there are, uh, one to three, like one-on-one milestones. So when they achieve something specific, there's kind of like a one-on-one review and critiquing process. Um, and when it comes to any, for us, any of like the tech and implementation, there has been one-on-one access, but it's through very short meetings, like, you know, 20 minute zoom meeting and or a lot of the answers have been able to been, you know, or problems have been able been solved through like using a loom video through a customer support tool, like a help desk tool, uh, like help scout is what we use. So okay. they submit a request to us and we can get back to them, you know, within 24 hours with, with the answer. And usually there's some sort of video accompanying that and that's pretty much it. So it's structured through go here for support. And there's a few places. And then when this happens, schedule a call. And then in the the other program, there's actually four in-person events each year. So we're together in person every 90 days, helping them develop a game plan. But that's also a group experience. So they have access to us in a one-on-one kind of there over their shoulder as they're doing it. But we're in a room full of a bunch of people as well, uh, all going through a similar process. And yeah, in regards to that, there isn't tons of one-on-one again more group calls uh sometimes there might only be one person on that call so in that situation they get one but very structured in like hey if you have a question about xyz jump on this call or submit a ticket to support um and that's how we'll answer it and do you have any kind of pushback from anyone or that's it's set in the expectations when you you know sign up for the service yeah that these are the ways that are available for help or for communication. Yep. It's very much set up in, in the front, in the sales process, as well as reaffirmed a lot. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, and I actually think that's a huge component of it, to be honest. I think, you know, most service providers don't set any expectations and that's why, you know, they feel like they have to, you know, answer a call whenever the client calls and they never actually block any time for themselves to work on their own business because they're they're just always looking to see if a client needs something. And so I'm of the mindset that we've equipped our clients to be successful the best we can. And anything that they bring to me is not going to be urgent. So I filter them through specific, you know, 
support mechanisms based on what they're looking for. And, you know, every once in a while, we might need to hop on a quick call or something, but it's very, very limited. And that's the, that is not the default. The default isn't, oh, you have a problem. Let's schedule a call. The default is do all of these other options first. None of those solve the problem. Then we'll do a call. Yeah, I, I tr- I'm of the mindset of you need to train your clients to be good clients. Absolutely. I love that. <laughs> yeah. And like that starts in, I think it always starts in the sales process. But I mean, really specifically in onboarding is, you know, how do you show them what to expect, how you work, what's quote unquote allowed and not allowed. Um, and I think a key piece of this for us that I don't know if, you know, if everyone listening will resonate with this, this or not, but the more that your service or agency or whatever is, is productized where, wherein you are packaging the, you know, the sale and the delivery of whatever service you're offering feels like a product, like they're buying a result, not hours, not blocks of hours, not any of that. It's way easier. Like I don't want to say actually, I shouldn't say easier. It's simpler to choreograph an experience where those expectations are understood. But when you know a lot of agencies run into a lot of these issues, I really feel like it's partly scope creep because they've never defined. Mm-hmm what is allowed and what's not. And no one knows where to draw the line. And you don't want to lose the money because you probably already spent it if they paid up front. And (laughs) now you got to fulfill on it. And like you just do it because sometimes maybe out of fear or desperation. But when when you're everything to everybody, I think it usually opens the doors for these things and issues to happen in the first place. Yeah, absolutely. So let's can we dive a little bit deeper on that and talk about where where during your sales process and your onboarding process are you either setting expectations or reaffirming that this is how they can expect to work with you? Yeah, so I mean, in the sales process, we we drive a lot of our clients through either paid traffic or through our organic marketing activities, you know, YouTube videos, our email list and our nurture and stuff like that. So when they come to us, they're coming through an experience that I've designed. Like, I mean, very simplest is a webinar, right? I mean, if someone mm-hmm. watches a webinar, how you end that webinar and invite them into a consultation or a strategy session, whatever you want to call it, I mean, it starts there. And so, you know, when we're inviting people, I'm very specific in saying, hey, look, if this sounds like you and you are, you know, one, two, three, four, five, uh, then you should schedule this call. But if you are these things, then this is probably not going to be a good fit. And so I'm constantly trying to speak to the characteristics and the traits and the desires that our ideal clients want while also setting those expectations. So, you know, something might be said somewhere along the lines of like, look, if all you're looking for is someone to like, do all of the work and you have no responsibility in this, we're not for you. I'm not interested because I might as well own your company then, because if I'm doing all of the work, then I should have, I should have equity. And I'm pretty sure you don't want that. You just wanted a funnel built. So if you want that and you want to go through my own methodology for you to have it, uh, then we can talk. Otherwise, like go find, you know, someone on Craigslist or, or wherever to go do this work because that's not us. Um, so, you know, I'll very much try to repel the people that want only done for you. 
Um, Mm -hmm. But what I've found to be true over time, um, and this is something we train our clients on, is I, I believe that most people want the result and they care less about how they get the result. Thus, they don't care if you're doing the labor or not. They just care if they get the result, which means if that's the case, sell them done with you because it's going to be easier for you and you can get people the same result done with you as you can done for you and everyone's life's going to be better. And so I think it's more of a mindset shift and understanding that like I think service providers sometimes feel the need to say like, well, I got this, I'll take care of everything. But that really puts so much of the pressure on, on you as the, the person delivering. And, you know, one of our clients dealt with this and I was like, it sounds like for what you're doing, like, and you're only getting like 2,500 bucks a month, the, the whole success of you, that person's business is on you. Like, at this point, you should have skin in the game. Like you should like own part of this person's business. You're doing everything. And, you know, it was kind of a mindset shift for her. And she's like, yeah, that's right. And she's like, the problem with the clients is that like, they think I have everything covered. And when I need something from them, it's like impossible to get what I need because like they've already disconnected from them having to be involved in this process at all. And they obviously need to be involved in order for it to work. And so uh, it just kind of, I think most people just do it to themselves and set themselves up for failure by not communicating, you know, uh, the expectations. Absolutely. Absolutely. So talk to me a little bit about what kinds of challenges you ran into as you were transitioning from kind of being a typical agency with the typical client meeting structure and project structure to um, this new, more guided experience. Yeah. So, you know, we were probably like many people listening where, we get hired for a specific thing. And then all of a sudden they're asking us to show up to their team meetings, use their team project management software. I'm in like seven different project management softwares and I'm spending most of my time on client meetings. The first solution to that was like account managers, which I think, you know, is what most people would do uh, where you have one specific person on those meetings and, you know, they're kind of owning that client relationship. Uh, I come, I personally came from like, very big agency as well as boutique agency. And so once I saw that started like starting to happen, I was like, wait, 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 like this is not what I wanted. Like I, I escaped this to like run my own business (laughs) for a reason. So this is not like, I'm not trying to have like the, the 50 to 100 person plus agency and all of this stuff. Like it's just not what I wanted. And so it was kind of that moment where we hit, where we're like, all right, well, you know, each person can only handle whatever, eight clients or something. And in order to add one new client, we needed to hire a new person, but we don't have the money to hire that person. So that was kind of like the trigger for me. Mm -hmm. You know, the big pivot for for us was launching the new one-to-many thing. And I spent, I think the, 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 the moral of the lesson or the lesson here is I spent way too much time trying to create new plans to keep those legacy clients when like it was actually easy getting clients into the new model that I should have just spent more time focused on that. But, you know, just like many people are probably scared. We don't want to lose that revenue. And so, you know, you try to make all these custom offers. And the reality was we were giving our clients so much for what we were making um, that, I mean, A, we were losing money on some clients when like you boiled it down. And we didn't have any capacity to really serve anybody else. So we were losing money and had no more capacity. And so we, we essentially launched kind of our 
it was still one-on-one, but it was done with you, like on the side, so to speak. And then as we got each new client in the done with you model, we had the conversation with one of our legacy clients. And I mean, ultimately we created like a transition plan to get them off, you know, if they didn't want to stay on the on, on the new plan, then we would just transition them out. We didn't want to burn any bridges. And so, you know, for some, that was like a two month process for a couple that was like a six month process. Uh, so it was very much like a kind of a balancing act of like bring in a new client that's leveraged, get rid of an old client. In that first iteration of the done with you, um, what we did was so, I mean, for context, I don't know if I mentioned this, like we were building sales funnels and like using marketing automation. So we were helping online entrepreneurs build out webinar funnels, live webinar funnels, like new client onboarding campaigns, all of those things. Any like if the word Infusionsoft was in the sentence at the time, like we were managing it for them. <laughs> so one of the things we like, one of the big problems was while we did all of those things, like I always called us like we were the engine builder, but our clients always seemed to have, and maybe it was the type of clientele we worked with, they always had someone that was already doing the Facebook ads. They had someone that wrote copy. And so, and they had the the, the, the landing pages designed. So like we were ultimately like the, the logic and the brains that connected all of these assets together to create the client experience. And so we were always relying on other, either service providers or agencies and what ended up happening was we'd do our part and then the other person would be delayed. And by the time they did it, the scope changed. And so Mm. we were doing like double, double, triple the work sometimes. So how the first version of it was, Hey, we'll, we'll meet with you once a month. So we had like still a a one-on-one call to like figure out what they needed, but we're only going to build stuff with you guys on the call. So like we're going to build together. Mm-hmm. And so, so they, like were like, live they were like online virtual, like, you know, one-on-one workshops where it's like, Hey, this is what we're building this week or, you know, whatever this month. And like, when are you available? So like we built it together um, so that it was like, it was essentially done. And then we showed them in those calls, like, Hey, when you get the copy, he, like here's, here's where you put, put it, it and all of those things. Um, that was like version one. I mean, there's still tons of flaws there, but that was version one. And from there, the next piece was, okay, well, we, we solved a lot of those little bottlenecks, but it, then it kind of evolved into uh, we'd finish our part. And again, it was the copy that we were waiting on to one. We had one client that we built everything. We were paid up front. We built everything and they got us the copy a year later. Oh my goodness. Like literally a year. <laughs> and of course, by then, like, they don't want what they had already paid for. They wanted something else. And it's like, that was another, there was a client right before that. And that we kind of dealt with that kind of, kind of led us to the next thing. And what we said was, okay, here's what happens. And I think everyone, listen, I think almost every single service provider can do this. I call it the bumpers method. So it's like, okay, client, I need X, Y, Z from you in order to do what I need to do. I am not starting until I have all of these pieces. And I need them by this date in order to start and have it done by your deadline. For every day that you miss, this is how many days it'll take us. But I promise you the second we have it, it will be done in seven business days, guaranteed every time. And in some cases, it would be less than that. Um, And so basically, like we would have an upfront conversation of like what we needed, strategic direction. And then we gave them assets and tools and resources to go do the work to make their life a whole lot easier, like templates and all these things, scripts that they just needed to modify. 
And once they came back, you know, so we had done some of the heavy lifting already, but I said, Hey, here are a bunch of things, go modify these, fill in these worksheets, fill in these forms, and I'll have everything that I need, but I'm not starting until you, until I have all of it. If one piece is missing, we will not start. Uh, and then, you know, got them to sign off on that and they'd get it to us and we were knocking things out. Uh, and so that worked really, really well. And, but that was also the trigger for when I said, wait a minute, we've only been like working with a couple clients a month because the, the variable for us was, well, if we had like X number of clients and they all came back to us at the same time, could we meet that guaranteed delivery yeah, how do you, turnaround? How did you manage that? So we, re- that, that was more, that was, <laughs> that was really the pivot point into kind of the model that we have now, which was we realized, well, really the only piece left is them kind of the piece that like is the, the, always the, the, the one that bottlenecks it is like inputting all of the copy. I was like, but it's really just copy and paste. It's copy and paste. If you have yeah, the copy, yeah, the like, problem so is getting the I copy. Just, yeah. So I was like, I just created a training video that walked people through how to take from like, cause we have a very specific labeling, you know, system. So I'm like, Hey, like if this says a copy, go over here where this says a and hit paste. And then here's how to format it. And it was like a 15 minute long video or whatever. And then we basically, so once we did our piece, we just gave them those training videos and they had someone on their team do it. We'd look it over. We'd like do it like a once over, like spend a 30 minute, you know, time block to like make quality control, make sure they didn't break anything. Um, but it took so much, it like it basically made it almost like a coaching program at that point, which was, we've already done what we needed to do. Like, here's how you do your piece and it should be good. We'll look it over once, but that was super easy because, um, you know, in many cases we were building the same thing for everybody. So it wasn't Mm -hmm. like we were building custom stuff. That's, I glossed over that, but that's a huge (laughs) piece to this, but we, you know, we knew what we, what we had built, we'd done it, you know, hundreds and hundreds of times. So we knew where usually people would mess up and it got, it became pretty systematized on how fast we can, you know, streamline what it, what our team had to do to quality control. Um, and that's when we kind of just said, wait a minute, why don't we just give everybody all of these pre-built things and have them just fill it out. We can critique it. We can answer questions on a group call. Um, and we just eliminated one-on-one altogether. Um, you know, at that point. And I mean, so it, it, again, that was the, the span of, we launched our first kind of cohort of the, of the one to many like group version in February of 2017. And by December of 2017, we had no more clients one-on-one and we had doubled our revenue from what we were doing as a done for you provider into this group model. Um, in so like just under 11 months. Oh, wow. And so, yeah, I mean, that was sort of how we, <laughs> we progressed through it. Uh, it wasn't always pretty, you know, had a, but now we're there and it's definitely been worth it. So in the kind of group model, is it still, um, is the support and the meetings in a group format or basically it's one you're doing, you're still doing kind of one-to-one work in that you're giving them resources and you're looking specifically at whatever copy they have and their specific pieces. And then the support is in 
this group model or is like is there a cohort that everybody kind of comes in at the same time and you run it on a launch system or talk to me a little bit about yeah, that. Yeah, so it's piece. it's rolling, so it's evergreen. So there's people at various stages of our process. Um so we don't do the launch model. And so there aren't necessarily cohorts, but usually there's people in and around the same window. We keep it pretty f- fluid. And so the the caveat to all this stuff and and I say like I think sometimes when, when people talk about this topic, like it has to be like black and white where it's like, all right, how did you eliminate one-on-one altogether or, you know, whatever altogether. And honestly, like we don't mind doing some one-on-one, but when you have all of the other pieces in place, the the one, when you do have to hop in on one-on-one, it's usually really short. Um, the client feels like you're going above and beyond and it's not that hard. Uh, and so like we'll lean into some one-on-one when needed just to accelerate the person through. Um, and then again, there are specific areas where we would, where we would offer one-on-one. So for example, just one of the things we did recently was we had, we have a call that's scheduled every single week for anyone that has any questions about one of the funnels that we've helped them deploy. They can hop on a call and like our lead funnel builder will answer their questions and like screen share. And so does it function kind of like, like office hours? Yeah. So like, yeah, very much okay. like office hours. Um, but what we realized was like people weren't showing up to that call. <laughs> um, very random, like every once in a while they would, but they would email their questions in. And for our team to support that, it was, you know, we just do a quick loom video and give it back to them. And they were off to the races and like, they would love it. And so we actually eliminated that group call. And now we said, Hey, like you can submit your tech requests this way. Um, we'll get back to you with a, you know, a video walkthrough and, or, if you really need to, and we'll tell you if you need to, schedule a quick one-on-one call with our team. But when you schedule that, here's what we need from you in order to have that call. And so we get like a clear scope of what the problem is because they submit like a request form. So we get like all the links to the things that we need to assets we need to look at before we hop on that call. And we haven't yet had an issue where the call has taken like longer than 30 minutes. And I'd say there's like a handful a month, maybe. Uh, And so we don't mind it and it's very infrequent and it's always perceived as, you know, we've gone above and beyond because we're there to help them. But it's just, I think the way that we've conducted everything else that they're getting over time, this is, again, goes back to that. We, we really deliver the same thing to everybody. And so we know where all of the, the holes are. And if a new hole arises, when we fix it for that one person, it fixes it for everybody. So, Every single time we solve a problem, it like solves it for not just one person, it solves it for everybody. And so like over time, we get fewer and fewer and fewer requests. And the amount of times we need to do something that is like above and beyond is just so few and far between that it's like sometimes welcomed. And then when it is, when it does happen, it really just points us into the next area where we can streamline something and make it easier again, thus, you know, removing ourselves. So that's part I love training. That. And then it's like kind of a feedback. It gives you a feedback loop when, when somebody does request a meeting, but it's not the, it's not the default. Yeah, absolutely. And, and here's the thing. So um, I use a term called preloaded done for you. Um, and, you know, say anyone listening were to come be a client, you know, and like, I've already done the work for you. Like, it's not like when I, when you sign up, I start doing the work, like it's already done. Like you're not even a client yet and it's done. 
like 95% of it is already done. I need you to cut like the piece that we need to work on together is the customization of your voice and your message. And that's going to come from you anyway, but I'm going to give you scripts and examples like for you to model that again, it really is like if you can copy and paste like and move things around and follow very simple instructions, you don't have to worry about any of the tech because we've already built it. And if we do have to build something new, we can go build it. But again, we would build it and it would be built for everybody. So it, again, it would just be like the, our mentality is let's work hard once and then everybody mm-hmm. else benefits. So every no, once in a while, that. we got to work hard once and then everybody else benefits. That all, yeah. all, all of this is possible, though, because we sell and deliver one solution. We're not full service. We are not generalists. We don't do, you know, add-on services just to keep a client around, which I think is usually why most agencies don't have any sort of repeatability or systems is because everything is unique from the get-go. Every single client you get, you're solving a new problem, which I would argue is could potentially be a, a, its own business. <laughs> well, and I also think it's a little bit of a fallacy in that like even most agencies, like they're really delivering the same thing over and over. Like they're building a website over and over or they are, you know, running ads over and over. Like all of the processes that we tend to think about, like, oh no, I have to do it. It's custom. Um, there's, I think you've highlighted that we can do things that feel customized to the solution that the client actually needs without it having to be custom from a delivery standpoint. You know, every time you do something, there is an opportunity to create a repeatable process. And like you said, only, uh, I like to say, you know, we make the decision, make the decision one time. Exactly. And then you don't ever have to make that decision again. And you're just doing that at a bigger scale. Yeah. One of the things uh, we just had a client of ours, um, who has like a an agency that has been pretty much full service for nonprofits and they added um, a leverage program on the front end and now he has kind of like a mentorship program on the back end and um, he was talking about how one of the clients that had previously been a done for you client that now joined sort of his done with you so to speak one of the first things that they said was wow one of the most valuable pieces is actually being on this call with someone in another nonprofit that has the exact same title as me. Mm. Um, Cause like now they're getting insight from their peers and like, that's so valuable. <laughs> like in for almost every single per, like I don't care who you serve. If you put them around someone else that is exactly like them and they can share their stories and experiences like that is super valuable, which is why I'm, I'm, a, I'm of the belief that working in a group, will always be far superior and and far more transformational than doing anything one-on-one. Again, you can have some one-on-one touch points, but by adding that group element, you know, when our client has a question, sometimes it's not even our team that answers it. It's another client that has maybe is already two steps ahead of that person or has an experience. Uh, And that's super powerful because it's not just, Hey, you need to listen to Greg and his team. Like, yeah, we, we have some strategies, but like there's other smart people here as well and they could probably add value. And it has, yeah, it can kind of function as like a mini mastermind kind of, sure. Yeah. Of people who are exactly like you. Yeah. (laughs) Interesting. Um, and so are those on these like office hour type calls or is that in a happening in a different, it happens in, it happens on these calls. It happens in like, we have a private Facebook group for our clients happens in there. We've had clients, um, 
you know, have one-on-one calls with each other just to like kind of, you know, dive into something deeper. It happens in person at our events that we have, you know, every quarter. So yeah, they're interacting all the time. It's great. I love that. And I I like the aspect that it's not really just a straight one-to-many kind of delivery thing. It's one-to-many with the, a lot of the benefits that you would get from one-to-one work, but without all of the kind of stuff that goes into one-on-one work that doesn't need to be there. You know, like recurring client meetings where you get on and you're like, oh, we don't really have anything to talk about, but we had a meeting on the calendar, so we're meeting, which I think can be the expectation sometimes. Yeah, and I'm sure there's a wide variety of people listening, but I mean, traditionally the people that we work with are, you know, the smaller agencies um, that also have like, you know, small to medium-sized business clients. And one thing that I've always seen happen is you know the agencies that you know force people into retainers and like they do all of the things ultimately they're handcuffing their clients in some ways like i remember like i I said earlier like anytime the word infusionsoft was in the sentence like they reached out to us and it's like well these guys had infusionsoft for seven years before we were around so i mean I don't know what you did seven years ago in Infusionsoft, you know, so like, that's not my responsibility. Like I'm here to build the thing that you brought me on to build. And so I I always found that, you know, in some cases I've heard people be like, you know what, they can't run their business without me. I was like, that actually sucks for you too. (laughs) Um, Especially because (laughs) you probably don't have a revenue share. You probably don't have equity. And if their business is going to go under because of you and you're only getting like a flat retainer that you're probably not even profiting that much on, like that's, that sounds like it sucks. Um, Like, (laughs) for you uh, and them and like, who wants that? And so I felt like there were certain instances where where I realized, man, we're really handcuffing our clients and that's not what we wanted. We wanted to enable them. Like we wanted them to not need us for everything, but need us and want us for the things that we wanted to do that would actually move their business forward, which is why I I use that, that analogy of the engine builder. I'm not a NASCAR person, but most people that understand NASCAR, like there's a guy that builds the engine that allows the car to go around the track. But like come race day, when it pulls into the pit to get the tires changed, guess who's not jumping over the wall to change the tires? The guy who built the engine, like maybe after the race, he'll like optimize it and tweak it to be better next time. I'm not the pit crew. And I think a lot of agencies end up just becoming the pit crew for their clients. And really that's labor. And over time, I haven't seen it not happen people will devalue labor over time. And so like most people listening have probably heard at some point, Hey, I think we're going to bring this in house or, um, you Mm -hmm. know, we're going to, we're going to use someone else because we can get it cheaper now. Um, and because a lot of what I think most of us offer in some way, shape or form, like build websites or whatever, like a lot of those are commoditized these days and you're competing against the entire world. So, with what our clients do, we're tying their intellectual property to some of that implementation. And the continuation of the working together is based more on the advisory, the mentorship, the consultative element, and less on like the tactile hands to keyboard work, which there's always going to be value had at that level. And then you can take off the stuff from your plate that you don't like doing, like the hands to keyboard stuff. 
so, I mean, that's my belief, my mentality, and what a lot of our clients have kind of transitioned to. Uh, and I really believe it's like the future of what agencies need to be doing to have any sort of longevity. Oh, absolutely. I think um, agencies in particular are one of those industries that's just ripe for disruption in terms of like they're just a lot of the times they just cling to really outdated business practices because that's the way it's always been or that's the way you know that's the way the industry is it just is and um i think in online businesses there's a a willingness to kind of buck the trend that hasn't quite hit agencies yeah and i think you know any agency owner and maybe this could be debated i i problem. There's probably some angle to debate this, but I remember anytime I was hired to do anything as like a service provider of any sort was not just because I knew it's like, I knew what to do. I just also knew how to do it, which means in the beginning, you probably are being paid for your knowledge and expertise, but the, like you keeping them around over time, you has, you've just let it turn into labor. And mm -hmm. that's where you get it stuck in this mess. And it's like, you have something in your head that other people want. You've just chosen to convey that through labor right now. That's not the only way to get your client to the result. And hey, guess what? Maybe you need to up-level the type of client you work with who's willing to do it in this done-with-you fashion. That's a huge piece of it too. You know, uh, We have clients that were convinced that nobody would hire them and have like do it together. And then like three weeks later, they have their client and they're like, the client's loving it. And, you know, they're like, I can't believe that anyone like we have we have a client that she and her team build apps like software apps. And now they do that in a one to many done with you experience. And it's like, Ooh, interesting, you know, it doesn't get much more custom than building software, you know, for small <laughs> business. And so like if they can do it, most businesses can do it if not all. Yeah, I agree. And and it really position, positions you as an advisor versus as a, like you were saying, as a laborer. Totally. I think there's a lot of value to be had in both from the client's perspective and from the perspective of a service provider in that it's easier to deliver because you're delivering your knowledge in a standardized format versus I'm going to do it for you. You still won't understand what happened and you won't be able to repeat this. Yeah. I'm in the business of teaching people how to fish, you know? Um, yep. And I think more agencies need to be having that at least as an element of their business. I completely agree. So I think that is actually a great point. Before we wrap up, is there anything that we haven't talked about that you think we should? Um, oh, man. Uh, <laughs> That's a loaded question. I yeah. Think. I mean, we've kind of woven it in, but, you know, I think the ability to have you know, more of an automated business. And I use that word very carefully. Um, <laughs> and by automated, I don't mean transactional and or that your business runs on autopilot. I mean, as, as long as I didn't have to do it, it's automated to me, right? And so like, yep. that's what I mean by automated. From all the way from sales, marketing, all the way through fulfillment, when it comes to being a service provider, that becomes possible when you simplify what it is you do. Um, again, like don't, the more you try to, the more you have five clients in five different niches that all have different problems, you're doing web dev for one, SEO for another, Facebook ads for another, like the more that you do that, the more that you dilute yourself. And that's the very reason why you don't have repeatability 
the ability to create systems that actually help make you more efficient because you're never doing the same thing frequently enough to benefit from having the system in the first place. So usually the the hard part of all of this is to simplify what you do, which means cutting some of the fat, maybe eliminating some of the things that you have previously offered that maybe you're not that good at. You just added because it allowed you to keep that client for a few extra months. Uh, that's the hardest part that I see for people. But Somewhere, I think in everybody listening that is a certifier, like you have a process to do what you do and you need to package that and keep it as simple as possible and solve like the biggest problem that your clients have and get really good at just doing that over and over and over again. And that's when you're going to be able to have these systems work in your favor. I love that. That is a perfect place to wrap up. So where can our listeners find you if they want to connect or learn more? Absolutely. So uh, one, you could just email me, uh, greg, G-R-E-G at system.ly. And we're about to go through a big rebrand. So uh, you can go to system.ly as well. But a great place for just way more content like we've been talking about is uh, my YouTube channel, which is youtube.com slash Greg Hickman TV. Every week we have videos where I break down kind of topics like this, um, kind of how to build this hybrid agency model, uh, kind of taking this conversation to the next level. But if you have, anyone has any questions, feel free to email me. I do my best to respond to everybody. Greg really demonstrates the power of turning your client delivery process into a product in itself. When you provide the same service over and over, you see the same kinds of questions. You have to repeat the answers over and over and doing what Greg did, turning all of that really valuable information into a product means you're still able to deliver the answers to questions or troubleshoot problems, but you can do it faster and better than you could before without any of the time on your end to make that happen. This is really similar to what Parker Stevenson talked about in our last episode. Both of these approaches evolve based on providing the same service over and over to the same kinds of clients and taking the data from that to develop a service that's designed specifically for their clients without those pesky meetings. After having examined so many different approaches to client communication, it seems like meetings probably aren't inevitable. They aren't required. And in fact, skipping meetings altogether might just make your service even better. As we wrap up our discussion of opting out of client meetings, we saw a ton of different approaches, but the one thing everyone had in common is that they weren't afraid to just trust their gut about what their clients needed, and they were okay with taking an unconventional approach to delivering their services because it was in the best interest of their clients. Next week, we're going to start talking about everyone's favorite subject, money! Our theme for next month is all about pricing and payments and how your choices about how to price your services and how you get paid for them affect the overall workflow in your business. Growth is only hard when your business isn't built for it. And unfortunately, the way you assume your business should be built probably doesn't leave much room for growth. Your calendar is full, your pipeline is empty, and your systems are backlogged. And you're up to your eyeballs just trying to keep it all together. I help service entrepreneurs like you boost their profit, save time, and configure their business for growth by carefully examining all those have-tos and those shoulds that make up the way you've built your business. Together, we find ways to ease your burden while continuing to deliver incredible experiences to your clients. As your growth advisor, I'll show you that you don't have to sacrifice your work-life balance, client satisfaction, or the quality of work to have a business that's built to grow. 
You just have to build it differently. It all starts with getting clear on your money and your foundational systems. I'll help you identify your profit centers, define processes that drive revenue, and create automations that fuel your cash flow. I'd love to talk with you about how you can jumpstart your revenue growth by doing less. To get started, shoot me an email at susan at scalespark.co. And from there, we'll hop on the phone and see if you're a good fit for a custom growth blueprint. Again, reach out to susan at scalespark.co. I'd love to help you break through the ceiling. Break the Ceiling is produced by Yellow House Media. Our production coordinator is Sean McMullen. This episode was edited by Marty Seafeld with production assistance by Kristen Rumvik. And our theme music is Feel So Fly by The Unders.